Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hustle and Heart. This is Sophie Wang. This is Shamai Sakari. And we hope you all are doing well, or at least the best that you can during this quarantine time. Today, we have a new guest. Shamai, you want to bring him in? We have a very special guest. His name is Ruhan. Um, Ruhan is a LAMP and a poli-sci major at Indiana University. Um, I personally met him through my ethics class last semester, which was not the business ethics class that many Kelly majors take, but it was through the philosophy department. Um, and then Ruhan also is in my L201 class this semester, which is business law and he is running for IU Student Government VP and has his campaign going on right now. So, Ruhan, we just want to introduce you. Yeah, hello. Um, my name is Ruhan. Like Chinmay said, uh, I'm a sophomore studying political science, and I'm also part of the LAMP program, and I'm the VP candidate for the Inspire ticket for IUSG. Ruhan, you are our first man on the podcast. Congrats. <laughs> I'm honestly, that's a big honor. I mean, women in business has so many amazing people in it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, okay, let's start off with our highs and lows. We're super happy to have you on. Um, Chimai, you want to start us off? Yes, I would love to start off. Um, So my high of today was definitely making whipped coffee. So as many of you may or may not know, um, the new TikTok trend is actually making whipped coffee. Um, So... I have, like, the recipe memorized and, like, got it to go. So two tablespoons instant coffee, two tablespoons water, (laughs) and two tablespoons sugar. And you put in some milk of your choice, and then you blend it up, and you whip it up, and you get it going. So I made some whipped coffee today. Um, It was a good start off in my day just because even though school has transitioned to being online, it's definitely still a lot of workload to, like, digest and, like, get through, at least for me. Um, and that transitions into my low, which has been my sleep schedule has just been kind of like impacted, I feel like, because school has started. Um, because the two weeks prior to that, it was just I was just on a weird sleep schedule, sleeping and waking whenever I want. And now that we're back on um academics and work week, um, it's definitely been harder to adjust to like sleep and then I've been like going back to bad habits of like drinking coffee or like just like unhealthy habits that like I did not want to get back into Mm, that's interesting do you feel like when you are like especially being back at school it's like your productivity level rises but like also your stress and like with that comes like old habits as well yeah I feel like obviously like we're our culture is big on like drinking coffee or like anyone at school you see them with like a tumbler or like a starbucks in their hand um and like i love drinking coffee and i enjoy it a lot but i know that that's not the healthiest way to like combat like lack of sleep or like stress and stuff so like it definitely starts picking up um with the more coffee i drink like throughout the week or like when i see myself like drinking every single day or like reaching for two cups because my tolerance does tend to rise um (laughs) my tolerance (laughs) (laughs) oh god I feel that way too much um but it's like keeping myself to just like a small amount every single day because obviously like I I don't want to quit cold turkey so 
Moderation um, is key. Yeah. Okay, Ruhan, what about you? So I'll go with a, a high and a low of the week. Um, I'll start with the low. So the governor of Indiana, Eric Holcomb, um, extended our stay in shelter in place yeah. order. Um, past today is actually supposed to end uh, through April 20th. So that was a bit disappointing. Uh, I haven't seen like any of my friends in well over a month now, probably. Sure. Um, and I think my high, I was recently accepted into an internship I really wanted to be a part okay. of. Um, it is in Boston, so I like no clue how it's going to work now because Boston's also in lockdown. So we'll see how long I'll have to do it virtually. But that was really exciting to have happen. Yeah, for sure. How have you been keeping in touch with friends during this time? If you you know, virtually or just what do you guys do for fun? Yeah. So, so I'm not sure if you guys remember the app House Party. Um, I don't. I remember like, I, okay, so this is like group FaceTime where you can have like up to 10 people on it. Um, it was created before group FaceTime was a thing. Um, so I like a lot of my friends used to have it in high school. Um, and so we just sort of re-downloaded it and we've been doing that ever since. That sounds fun. Wait, what's the name of the app? House yeah. Party? It's called, yeah, House Dude, Party. That's really cool. Love that. Love that for you. Um, okay, so high and low. High, I would say, um, actually today, uh, Women in Business gave us this project where we can take $250 and do um, what we want to kind of address like certain people impacted by the COVID pandemic. So today, I um, are you guys familiar with Laughing Planet? <laughs> Yes. A little yes. bit. It's an amazing local restaurant in Bloomington. So I just ordered um, like $250 worth of just like burritos and stuff. And I had it delivered to the emergency room um, staff and physicians at IU Bloomington Hospital. And they just like all were very, very appreciative and were telling me how stressed that a lot of them are so to hear that within my own community and like do something like it did feel good I'm not gonna lie like I feel philanthropic right now (laughs) um my low would probably be I don't know about you guys but my screen time has just like drastically shot up like it Mm -hmm. used to be like yeah one to two hours a day and now it's four to like four to seven hours a day. So I think that's a low just because I kind of pride myself in like being able to like do things without like my phone and like not being dependent on it, if that makes sense. But like obviously now um, just with like being at home and like kind of scrolling and like surfing for a while, like that stat has definitely rose a lot. No, I definitely agree with that. I feel like, um, having like remote and like having school online definitely has its pros and cons and I find myself staring at the screen so much but (laughs) I've actually heard um some some of my friends are using like UV protection glasses that they ordered on Amazon just to help with their like eyes and like helping with like screen time and like how it impacts your eyes and brain um so if you guys do wear glasses like you should definitely look into like buying like the uv pairs because i know they're pretty affordable on amazon um yeah my one of my friends is actually like an ambassador for that so really? i was thinking she's probably like making so much of like her commission right <laughs> yeah. now based off of like yeah yeah because if you put in like a code like that has her name in it, it like she gets like a like a portion of it for like doing the sales so i was like i'm i bet she's making so much <laughs> off of it right now right yeah it's so interesting to see how 
certain companies are like honestly improving and they're definitely benefiting not benefiting but like they're they're doing pretty well compared to others during this pandemic compared to like other companies which may have been really taken on a toll right now yeah Yeah. for sure um so I guess transitioning from how we're all dealing with some sort of eye strain or overexposure to blue light um Ruhan what would you say like are the main ways that you've seen or heard about I different IU students slash stakeholders within the IU community being affected by COVID-19? Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, um, quite a few organizations came together on campus. This is by far one of the coolest ones I've seen happen. And they formed a group called the Labor Coalition. Um, So you have like organizations like Respect Workers, the Grad Workers Coalition, and all of these coming together. And essentially, they, they have this massive slack in these Zoom calls that happen where it's like, you know, we're talking about what it is that we want to see happen, you know, assurances to student workers or even just regular temporary workers um, at IU to make sure that they're not being left out in the open. Um, they had a massive win recently. They were, the work that they did was a big reason to why the university um, is continuing to pay um, the temporary yeah. workers through um, June 1st, I believe is a deadline. Um, not entirely sure though, but a lot of the work that they did in advocacy and, and sort of like putting pressure on the university was was a big sort of inspiration, um, mind the pun, for the Inspire campaign when we set some of our own uh, policy platform points together. That's so cool. I think it's, um, I know a lot of workers are being impacted right now. Like Sophie, you said for your high, um, kind of supporting local like businesses yes. and local communities, um, I think goes a long way. And I really admire that for anyone who's advocating for that because those are our heroes right now yeah I agree and I was directly like so I work at the SRC I, I teach group exercise classes so like that's a hourly paying job yeah. and like, I obviously wasn't recording any hours because like the SRC is closed right now but um we did just get an email like a couple of days ago that like we're going to be continued to be paid and like that was kind of that's really cool to hear that their students were part of shaping and like kind of promoting that message to um, leadership and like administrative system. So I'm getting paid now, which is cool, even though I'm not teaching. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm just like, I feel like we as a community, um, not just within Indiana, but within this country are so privileged, I feel like to even not just be paid, but to have the access to have online education. Because I know a lot of other countries don't have that. Um, Because I am a writing instructor for, do you guys, are you familiar with the club called Tassel? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So Tassel, for those of you who don't know, um, is kind of like an online education service to rural Cambodians. It stands for teaching and sharing skills to enrich lives. Um, So I'm a writing instructor and like I have my own student in Cambodia and I was recently notified that because of just lockdowns and COVID-19 like they are no longer being provided like any education service. So like we had to send them like our last letter and like our last kind of like writer's note and like their last editing thing. So it was really like kind of just like heartbreaking to hear that like they were not going to have school anymore for who knows how long because wow. they don't have the resources that we do here. So it's great to see like 
we're not only using them, like, the resources we have, but, like, we have people fighting for things and fighting for, like, equality here to make it even better. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredibly unprecedented time. Like, there's financial strain on, I mean, big business to, you know, everyday Americans, so... It's interesting to see, like, how, I mean, politicians, I mean, as a political science student, yeah. watching politicians deal with it, um, looking at how, you know, different companies are stepping up to deal with sort of stuff. Um, so it's been really cool to watch that. Um, we actually get these, like, emails and little check-ins from the director of LAMP, uh, Professor, or Dr. Rebecca Spang. Um, and she's a historian, and she's in a lot of, like, history of business. Um, and she would like show us these different things like, oh, like this is how this industry is reacting and compared to how this industry is reacting. And she'll just see like how we react to those sort of things and, and takes her input. So she, she, she's really kept us in the know of like, you know, how is the restaurant, but you know, industry doing, how is the airline industry doing right now? And what is the government doing to sort of bail them out or keep them afloat? So the economy doesn't just sort of break down into shambles. Oh, that's great that you have like kind of like a direct source of yeah. like information because I know especially during this time it it's it becomes hard to find reliable sources. News is overwhelming yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think we were talking about this in one of my uh, human rights class. For I'm an international studies major, so um, in one of my classes we we're talking about how news has become so subjective. So having direct sources or like the direct like places to go to becomes very important during this time um because you you honestly hear things from all over the place on all ends of the spectrum during this time yeah from personal experience Ruhan what have you heard from students that are struggling and like perhaps maybe in what ways or like where do you see the solutions to those problems as well yeah, so we actually just launched our own petition that we want to send to the um, board of trustees, um, where it's sort of like asking for part of our, our, our tuition back. Um, and I feel like that's a big thing is, you know, the university, like, even though we don't want to put unnecessary financial strain on them, because we all want a university to come back to in the fall. Um, this university definitely has room in its budget. I mean, it's worth well over $5 billion dollars to where they could, you know, give a lot more assistance to students, to employees, um, as this is going on, you know, like, nobody wants this to continue, nobody was expecting this, but um, just saying that, like, there are large public institutions that could step up, they could, you know, provide more for their students to make sure that nobody is in a location of financial insecurity. That definitely is so important. Um... I feel like um, during this time, because I know I have a lot of friends whose parents were relying on their companies for their education, to provide for their education. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, not just insurance, but what's it called with the stocks um, to like when they put in with their company stocks to like have it grow for paying for their students' education. I'm not really sure whatever that's called. I don't either. I'm not. I'm clearly talk. not a business major. Yeah, but... I'm, I am. And I still don't know what that is. But I know that, like, families, even families who are, quote, unquote, well off or were well off are still struggling. So I can't imagine for those who were trying to make ends meet day by day who are impacted by coronavirus, um, 
And kind of speaking off of that, how, what are some ways, Ruhan, that, like, you personally are doing during this quarantine, like, apart from, like, the campaign? How are you keeping yourself kind of, like, busy or, like, entertained, I guess, outside of the campaign and outside of schoolwork? Um, honestly, I just sort of sit on Netflix if I'm not doing anything else. (laughs) Um, I've never really been known for having a, uh, what's good at stress management. So I, (laughs) like do my work and then I hope that that's enough to do with like whatever anxiety arises with it and Mm. that I just try to try to just like mask it away with like Netflix or something else (laughs) um, that's like random that doesn't require too much energy to make it happen so yeah I would you know yeah oh go ahead what what movies or shows are you currently watching on Netflix Ooh, so I just finished the the new series, uh, Letter to the King, which is really, really cool. I liked it a lot. Um, For some reason, I like medieval shows that just have something to do with magic. (laughs) So um, that was a really interesting one. Um, I'm trying to think of like what else I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Bollywood movies with my friends. So if you guys know what like Netflix party is, it like syncs up your Netflix to each other and you can like chat with each other. So we've been doing that. yeah, I mean, that's about it. I sort of just alternate between Bollywood uh, and, like, random Netflix shows. That's so cool. Do you know what Bollywood movies? Do you have any examples? Because I know I watch a decent amount of Bollywood movies in my free time. So, okay, so we've been we've been watching some classics. Um, we watched Kalhonaho recently, which is, like, really sad. So, like, yeah. be prepared for, like, yeah. Crying, uh, get your Kleenex out. Basically. Um, and, like, don't do it way too late at night because it gets even more emotional. But, yeah. So that was that was a good one. We're we're trying to figure out which one we want to watch next, but we we've definitely got them got a like a queue and like a we'll just text each other and be like, all right, Friday night we have nothing else going on, might as well just watch a bug. <laughs> That's so fun. You know, I really appreciate both of you, both of you on your like honesty during this time. Like, yeah, like I am watching like this many hours of Netflix, like no shame. Um, Yeah, I might be feeling some sort of anxiety, but like so is um, 90% of the world right now. And I think I just watched a video today about how hustle culture, especially in the U.S., um, can negatively affect our mental health just because for me, at least, like, I've gotten to a point where I feel like I need to be doing something at all times. Or if I am watching something, I need to pair it with something else to be productive. And it's hard because I think with that comes, like, anxiety of just, like, what should I be doing right now? If I'm not doing something, why is that? Like, could I be doing something? And Um, That is something that I personally struggle with a lot. And I think it is interesting because it would benefit us if we all just accepted ourselves in in the moment and said like, okay, is it like, can I just chill out right now? Yes. Right. No, I just, I just read this tweet about a week ago, but it literally feels like yesterday because like our time is so weird (laughs) right now. But um, it was like, I hate that I'm being so unproductive right now and not really responding to schoolwork the same way but I do forget that we're in an extremely stressful time and in the middle of a pandemic right now so like people are trying to find like excuses or like oh my god I'm I should have been doing this or I should be doing this when we're being hit by something completely like far off the scale and we do need to give ourselves time 
what I've been doing that really helps is obviously like I've mentioned this in previous episodes but like I do meditate regularly so that has been helping me with just absorbing like reality kind of and like staying in that stillness even after meditation's over so like not really freaking out I've learned to handle like okay I should be doing something right now but like sometimes it's gone to the point where I'm like you know what accepting and being like it's fine like I don't even it's not that important with whatever is happening on in the world right now Ruhan what do you feel like with so I guess like my question is I see right now a lot on social kind of the effects of this pandemic have like on the climate and like specifically like how some places are like not polluting as much or like there are some places that are recovering or starting to see more animals like what is kind of your opinion on kind of comparing the effects of the environment and like ethically kind of weighing that against the fact that maybe people's lives are you know being lost and just in general kind of the effects of climate change with the lens of the pandemic yeah so I could actually draw an analogy to this um when people talk about like the ethics of it when when people say we should divest from like coal and other non-renewable resources, a lot of people argue that, you know, there's there's jobs, you know, that are attached to those industries. And fortunately, if we divest and a lot of those jobs get lost. But, you know, while this is great to see the environment start to recover because humans are staying inside and sort of staying within their lane for the first time in centuries, yeah. um, it, it's unfortunate it's because of a pandemic. I, I would have hoped it would have happened because of something much more positive but um i think that there's actually something that bill nye said on his netflix show where he was like <laughs> we love bill yeah, nye he, he was like the he was like the world is on fire like you know there's different ways you can deal with it you can you know use a fire extinguisher you can you know throw a blanket on it or you can dump water on it whatever blah 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 um but whatever you do it's not going to be free um and so people make that argument that like you know we you know it's expensive to go from one industry to another or whatnot yeah but i mean at the same time the government provided subsidies for a lot of the companies that are you know massive conglomerates that are based off of non-renewable energies like why can't they do the same for renewable energy sources so there's a lot of perspectives that just don't get um sort of you know included in these sorts of conversations um where they sort of just get left out because people focus in too much on smaller details rather than focusing on the bigger picture. Right. No, that makes so much sense. I, I feel like it has to do with priority or whatever we're still doing right now. It's hard to like accept things and like change. Um, I know in one of my climate change classes, we talk about adaptation is so much more difficult than just mitigating climate change. Like we see so many current politicians or leaders talk about, okay, how we can kind of just, produce more electric cars compared those that run on gas but like what are we gonna do to really change day-to-day lives or just the infrastructure to really contribute to the adaptation of it instead of just controlling climate change um and I feel like that's where the difficulties rely on what are your thoughts about it Sophie yeah I I don't know I it's so it's very complex that's for sure um, I will say what it reminds me of when Janai, when you're talking about priorities is so this past summer I was interning in Texas and so I was by myself. I didn't know anyone, so I really started to kind of cultivate my friendships with my coworkers. And 
there was one coworker that I didn't directly work with, but we did interact and he was much older than me. He had a family. Um, and we were talking about climate change and he was saying like that he didn't believe in it. Um, and that he thought it was, you know, it's just things that I disagreed with, but then I, you know, instead of, you know, I guess shutting down the conversation or just getting upset. Um, I was just like, okay, what if we have like a conver- like a dialogue about this? And essentially, I was just like, no matter how you prioritize the fact that our earth is suffering in some way, you cannot deny that there is pollution, that there is still negative effects on our environment and on our earth happening, like, because of like humans in a lot of ways and like no matter what whether climate change is politicized or not like wouldn't you still want to make sure our earth is being cared for like regardless like on a baseline level like wouldn't you still want to help even if the like it wasn't that bad in your opinion like wouldn't you still want to do your part and he was like yes and I was like that is that is so important because I just feel like right now at least like it is easy for topics, even COVID, to be politicized, right? And mm-hmm. even right. for that to be like, oh, like these, this group of people, you know, only supports this because of this. And like, this might not be real because of this. And I just think it's really important that like, yes, we have priorities. And like, yes, some things mean more to others. But at the end of the day, we should just still be trying to better like ourselves and do our part as a whole. And well, thanks for coming to my TED talk. But that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean that's actually a really interesting point. So um, I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but um, so I'm currently on the the chair of the environmental committee for IUSG Congress. So I'm plugged into a lot of the conversations that have happened between the executive branch of IUSG and, and the administration of IU. Um, and and something that was that I was taught recently was that when when the United States Senate ratified the bill to establish the actual Earth Day. Um, on the very first Earth Day, like 50 years ago, the senator who wrote the bill, I cannot remember the name right now, they weren't from Indiana, but they came to IU to speak about Earth Day and protecting the environment and everything about that because of like the history that IU has with you know being a hub of activism. Um, if you look yeah. at the 60s and 70s, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and so like being a part of that history is really cool because you know, at the time, you know, people weren't saying this isn't a political issue. This is a human issue, whether either we, you know, protect the environment or we all die. And, you know, even if global warming isn't real and it's some hoax, you know, what's the outcome? You're just going to make the environment better anyways. So there's really no downside to wanting to protect the environment other than like, you're going to protect the environment. So. Preach, Ruhan. (laughs) (laughs) Major snaps. (laughs) <laughs> right okay should yeah. we dive into our game or are there anything is there anything else Jemai, that you thought would be should touch, touch on no I just I agree with everything um I feel like at the end of the day we're all human beings we want the same things whether it be um politicized or just like differentiated through social media or politics or anything we want what's best for us and we want what's best for the world obviously we don't want the world to end in like less than 50 years so um I don't know uh we'll see where that where this issue takes us and with if COVID-19 although it was unfortunate that we had to come to this to realize that if we can learn from it and if we can just use it and channel it to communicate 
with other people and like unite as a global community in a better way. Um, but to kind of wrap, start to wrap things up, we wanted to end things off, Ruhan, with doing a would you rather with an ethics edition? Because we know that you are big on law, poli sci, philosophy, and ethics. So we want to get started on this All game. Right. <laughs> All right, rapid fire to my go. All right, so the first question is obviously the famous trolley problem. Um, so there's a trolley coming down the tracks ahead, and there's five people tied to the tracks, and they're unable to move. The trolley will continue coming, and it will kill the five people. There's nothing you can do to rescue the five people except pull a lever. And if you pull the lever, the train will be directed to another track, which has one person tied to it. So, would you rather do nothing and let the five people die, or pull the lever and save the five people, but allow the one person to die? You know, honestly, Chinway, ever since reading this in the textbook that we had, <laughs> I, I'm still yet to figure out an answer for myself. Um, <laughs> and, oof, it's so tough, because there's so many different things. You know, some people say, like, who am I to play God by changing the lever? Um yeah. And then, therefore, like, it puts the blood on your hands, but then the other argument is that if you, if you had the power to push the lever and you don't do anything. But personally, I think I'd have to go with, with switching the lever, um, just looking at it from the standpoint of, like, how many total lives can you save, um, with yeah. that being the five, so. Right. Sophie, do you have any thoughts on it? That is so interesting. Um, okay, so I would say in my ethics class, we just talked about, like, the ethical theory of utilitarianism, so... That who are like the greatest amount of people that we can benefit should be the best outcome using that lens. So I guess with the utilitarian lens, I would say to switch the lever. But okay. what? Okay, wait, Tamai, what about you? Okay. Um. All right. I don't know if I could do it. Unpopular, like actually physically yeah. do it. I'm I'm kind of gonna play devil's advocate or go with the unpopular opinion and. I actually, like, fought my parents and my sister on this problem a few days ago because we were so bored we had to come to ethics with you rather. But (laughs) I actually argue that I wouldn't pull the lever because even if there is a lever there and even if I do have the choice to save the five people, I honestly in that situation don't know if I could pull it and directly kill that one person who was on the other end because – I believe that that would be evaluating that one person's life as any less than what is eventually about to happen and where the track is headed on the main track. And I feel like I'm just focused on the present moment of that situation because I know I genuinely would not be able to pull that lever. Mm, yeah. What? Um. Okay. So that's interesting because there's this um, with the ethical theory of, I think it's, ethics of care um like the mirror test is like can I look in the mirror after doing the decision that I'm gonna do and like will I still think that I'm a good person or like the pillow test like can I sleep at night knowing what I've done like does that affect who I think I am which is so interesting what okay Ruhan before we move on to the second one what if the one person was like either like a parent or a sibling and then the five were like five children would that change your 
would that change? I mean, I think it, it goes back in, into the, it definitely does. Cause you talked about ethics of care um, and that plays such a massive role in your internal psyche when it, when it comes to making decisions, the personal relationships you have. I mean, if it was a family member for me, um, to be honest, I'd, I'd probably let the track stay where it's at because of the connection I feel to it. And, you know, if the, if the mother of those five children was there, I'm sure she would do the opposite and flip the switch. So, I mean, just, just from my perspective of looking at it as like, I have a family member that I love and I would definitely not want to see die. Um, I would probably let the track keep going. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I'm going to do number two. Is that good? All right. Okay, number two, you, your baby, and your entire townspeople are being chased by this band of bad people who will kill you all if they find you. All of you decide to hide in this secret place and are silently waiting for the bad guys to move away. However, you know your baby will cough and and the group of bad people will hear him. Then they will find you, your baby, and the townspeople and kill all of you. So you have two options. One, kill your own baby and save yourself and the entire town. Two, let your baby cough and get yourself, your baby, and the entire town get killed. What would you do and why? Okay, uh, to be honest, questions like this really annoy me because there's always, like, never just two options when it comes to, like, ethical dilemmas. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to have to say, like, option three, like, you could easily, like, tie a shirt <laughs> around the baby's mouth or something so that if it does cough, it's not, like, audible. Um, and you know, like, that's a weird answer to say, because of course you want something to pick between the two, but a big thing about ethics, I mean, that we've been taught is that it takes creative problem solving and critical thinking to figure out like, you know, there is an ethical dilemma, but like, does the dilemma have to even be a dilemma at all? Like, is there another way you can solve the problem? Mm, Interesting. Um, And so just like get rid of the dilemma as a whole by like, you know, maybe you have a scarf with you or you take off your shirt or something and you... And you, like, obviously don't want to, like, smother the child, but, like, make sure that they can still breathe, but without, like, the possibility of them making a lot of noise by coughing. Wow, very creative. He like really that. out here I just... Really, yeah, he just did... Yeah, he really just got us. <laughs> um, no, but that's really interesting. So what if you knew by covering up the baby you were to... I guess there were to be severe health consequences in the baby's future. I mean, yeah, there's always unforeseen you... circumstances. Um, and, you know, for the time right. being, if you're, if I was in that situation, um, I'd probably just, you know, like tie the scarf around the baby's mouth real quick so that, you know, at least you don't have to make that decision where it's like either you have to leave your baby somewhere and it dies or you kill it yourself or you're responsible for the death of your entire town, maybe that child can still have a decent life for the next 20, 30 years, whatever, and, and farther down the road, something else happens. Mm, right. Mm. All right. All right, last Sophie. one. Oh, oh, I'm... I'm what would you do? I'm half out of this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you got the last one. Yes. Okay, so the third one is the prisoner's dilemma. So... You are a member of a gang, and you've been arrested with another member of a gang, and both of you are confined away from each other, and so you have no way of communicating with the other member. And the police does not have enough evidence to convict both of you with major charges, and they instead offer you and the other member a bargain. So, you have two choices. You can remain silent or betray your other member and then testify that he's committed the crime. And then, this is a little complicated, so just 
if you have any questions, save them for the end. So there's three outcomes of this. You either betray the other member and he remains silent and you'll be set free and he will serve three years in prison. And this works vice versa. B, you betray the other member and he betrays you too and you both serve two years. Or C, you and the other member both remain silent and you only both one ser- serve one year. Okay, so I have not done this since like senior year of high school because that's when I took AP Econ. So I'm like trying to think through the math <laughs> again. And um, so if I remember the math correctly, it's you're always supposed to snake because um, the like the answer is is like I mean first of all the other person's most likely to snake on you too but like you're most likely to get the best mm-hmm. um sort of deal out of it so either I'm going to get zero years or I'm going to get the two years so I would definitely snake on the person if I was in that dilemma yeah I feel like no matter how complicated this answer is um we all would probably resort to snaking because depends how well you know the other member but when put under such pressures you have no way of really trusting or really knowing whether that person will or won't snake on you so i okay so that's that's all very interesting and it's definitely like you're using a a lens of like probability so would you not feel bad for betraying someone who like maybe i mean i'm assuming if you're a member of a gang you guys like loyalty and trust are like your top tenants like these are your ride or dies. I don't know. I'm not in the game, so I can't say. <laughs> but like, to clarify, you know, would, it, would it not? Would you not feel bad? I mean, that's someone? why it always like, comes down to the to the idea of like, how well do you know the other person? Usually, in a prisoner's dilemma, you you don't know their intentions well enough to like do it. I mean, that's why. I mean, that's how gangs right. and, and other sorts of crime organizations get around it is that you know that if you do snake or snitch then there is another consequence waiting for you so you it's better off you just stay silent Mm. and serve your time um so yeah so there's there's ways that like organizations have established a way to make sure that you know you're not turning on one another um in that sort of situation and that's like with external factors um but like looking at it from the situation if i just don't know the person well enough like i personally know i wouldn't feel bad would it would it change your answer if you knew that the other member, if they snitched, they would get kind of like have other consequences or like other things by the gang versus if you didn't snitch, you wouldn't have those consequences? Oh, after yeah, you were sure. I would just stay silent then. I mean, you take the year and then yeah. you, you know mm. you have like a, an organization to go back to eventually after. Right. Yeah. So I feel like three years, as long as that is, it's not that long enough to kind of go back and return to that gang knowing that you did snitch yeah interesting well okay i mean that's the end of our game so thank you so much for joining us on the pod can you want to wrap us up yeah to wrap us up um i don't know thank you rohan for being our guest um we look forward to just contributing to the campaign and just like hearing more updates from covid19 um We hope everyone's staying safe out there and just isolating. Like, please don't go to your neighbors. Um, (laughs) And if you do, please don't put it on social media. Um, But yeah, just like stay safe, um, be healthy. And like, thank you again, Ruhan, for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. It's it's actually a lot of fun. Um, Of course, a big thing for IUSG is always outreach. So election day is April 15th and 16th from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. 
check out the campaigns that are involved um, and figure out who you want to vote for. Awesome. Yay. And we'll see you all on the next week's episode. Bye. Bye.